Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. We are going to be diving into the latest release from the MCU, the 30th film release, which blew my mind, honestly, listeners. And for the most part, it's been pretty great, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been excellent, in fairness, the MCU. Just the latest, last few releases, particularly this phase, I've not been overly keen on. I know it's been a bit of a bumpy ride. That's, that's the best way we can say it. It's been bumpy, this latest phase. But hold your hats, because this latest release from the MCU is absolutely breathtaking. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, is finally in theatres, finally in cinemas, rather, and it is getting a lot of buzz, a lot of great reactions, and justifiably because, you know, the whole background of this film, it's just, it's heartbreaking in itself. And to be able to then pick up those pieces as Ryan Coogler has done and create this film, it's just it's just amazing. It's, it's fantastic. And, and I, I have such respect for everyone involved within this film because it cannot have been an easy ride. Definitely not. So when you can see it on screen from the performances, you really feel it injected in that. Um, not only is it to create a sequel that will appease fans and, and, and please fans and such, but to honour Chadwick Boseman as well. It's just all round remarkable, really, what Kugel has done. He is an absolute staggering filmmaker. The work he's done in his back catalogue is wonderful. This film, for me, just showcased all of that. I think that, like I say, having to, to do this, really. I mean, for background context, obviously, as, as many will be aware, in 2020, Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away way too young. He was just a star in the making, like you could see it, and for him to be taken so soon is is absolutely it's it's awful. You know, what I mean, it's heartbreaking. You know what he did with Black Panther, what he did for so many. You know, just it's 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 still staggering to think that he's no longer going to be gracing our screens. And you know, there was a script ready for the second Black Panther. You know, they were already to go, including obviously Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. To have to rewrite that, to rework that, to honour Chadwick as well, you know, I think that just from the get-go, I'm already in awe of what Ryan Coogler has done with this. I mean, to be able to put this film out there, to get everyone back on board as well, um, it can't have been easy. You know what I mean? It cannot have been easy. But what I will say is that this really has kind of just, I don't know, not necessarily reinvigorated my love for the for, for Marvel, but it just reminded me again of what they can do. You know, I've, I'm notorious on this podcast for going going in hard at times and how disappointed and underwhelmed I've been with Marvel. Um, but what they've done with this is, um, yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, bravo, you know what I mean? Especially to, to everyone involved. So, I mean, you know, there were people that were kind of not torn in the sense of what they should do with with Black Panther in, this, in, in the idea of obviously maybe recasting T'Challa and having someone else carry on that legacy. Um you know, replacing whatever this and that. I, I, I just, it'd be, I can understand why Kevin Feige was like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to do something else. And when you see this film, if you've seen it already, I mean, I will say straight away, there'll probably be light spoilers in this podcast. If you've not seen it, you want to go in completely dry, then don't listen, basically, because there's just too much. There's too much detail for me to kind of miss out with this. So I'm not going to go full on into plot points or story. I just, just really want to not have to kind of hold back. So will be like spoilers, but you can see, like I said, from what Kevin Feige, you know, from saying that from the get go, what they've done in this film, they've, they've done, they've ticked every box. Anyone that was like, kind of like, Oh, I kind of wish that I just recast him and carried it on, carried the legacy on that way. Don't need to worry about it. They've got it sorted. You know what I mean? Like they've, they've completely surely won everyone round. You know what I mean? But overall, this film was, as I say, very emotional, but very, very, very gripping as well. I feel that there's so much in this to enjoy, not only like a spectacle level and visuals and cinematography, but some performances in this film. Good Lord, good Lord, were they great. Like, more than great. Great doesn't even justify some of the performances, in particular, Angela Bassett, and I'm sure there'll be many out there that will also agree on that. 
um, some excellent, excellent, like, you know, chef kiss performance and some real, real yeah, heart in there. Anyways, we'll obviously come to all of this within this podcast, but as always, thank you so much for clicking on. This is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. Jump onto Facebook as well and search Joe Blogs About Films, give us a like and a follow on there. That'd be wonderful. That'd be great. Thank you. Thumbs up. And finally, hit notification. I say finally, a couple more. <laughs> hit notification on Spotify, Apple, etc. to be notified on your mobile device when the new episode is uploaded. And finally, finally, leave us a review, because that would be lovely. So here we go then. Following the death of King T'Challa, Shuri and Queen Ramonda struggle to move on. At the same time, the power vacuum triggers an international gold rush for Wakandan resources, which sparks conflict with Namor, or Namor, and the underwater nation of Talakan. Like, this, one of those again where, like, Stanley has said that Marvel always aims to just kind of represent and reflect the real world. And if this film doesn't do that, well, this film does that, but if if people don't think this film does that, then there's something completely wrong, is what I'm getting at. Because, as I've stated, this is a film about grief. It's about people dealing with loss, sudden loss, that is, as well, obviously. Mainly, obviously, how the the, the family for T'Challa have to mourn, well, and close friends and family, sorry, have to mourn this loss and deal with something that's almost, like, unimaginable. And it's that thing, again, like I said, bringing in that realism, that sense of that these heroes are on, on, on a certain level, just like us, like everyone else, you know, we're not talking like a huge explosion kills off T'Challa. This is a, it's just straight up from the bat. Ryan Coogler decides just to obviously kind of juggle that balance between Chadwick and T'Challa in that T'Challa passes away from just a, a disease. It, it sadly takes his life. Shuri, obviously the scientist, the, the wizard kids, whatever, trying to do what she can to save her brother isn't able to do so. And it's kind of like, that overwhelming guilt for not only herself, but obviously her mother as well, Ramonda, Queen Ramonda, and, and, and just goes on from there. But I just liked that touch of, we didn't see Chadwick or anything like that at the beginning. We don't see any doubles or anything like that, not even his voice, don't hear anything whatsoever. We are just focusing on this very long shot of Shuri doing what she can with the time that she's got to try and save her brother. It's about, it's a good minute, maybe two, two three minutes or something, just one long shot. Might not be as long as that. It did feel like it though, but this continuous long shot of Shuri just like just frantically trying to do stuff in the lab to save her brother. It's straight away you're off. That's that's how we get. I mean, before that, when we get the Marvel logo, it's just kind of silence thing. I think it's wind, that's all you can hear. And you're just feeling it straight away that we're in for we're in for a bit of a ride in the sense, a very emotional journey as well for a lot of these characters. Because again, it's how everyone then has to deal and cope with that. And on top of that, you've then got, you know, other international folk wanting to make use and utilize you know, the vibranium and such, which absolutely would happen, again, in that real world, that real sense. They'll, they'll be sat there thinking, well, Wakanda now is not protected, let's go and try and get as much of these resources and such. And this is where, again, like, credit to Kugler and his vision and, and what he wanted to get off with, with with what we see in terms of, like, a cinematography aspect, because the action in this, like, I've already said it's a very emotional film, like I said, it's, it's all about grief and such, but it's the right amount, like, it's, it's such a great balance, like, great, like, kind of like roller coaster. It literally is, you know, you can go through these motions where you're sat in the cinema thinking, this is, like, this is soul-breaking, this is so upsetting what these characters are going through, but then it flips and you'll have these absolutely fantastic spectacles and some great, like, use of, like, horror as well in this, which I always love when a Marvel film can do that as well, like, or, like, even, I know DC have done it, Aquaman famously did this as well, but you know, like when we first meet, obviously the the people of Telecan, or at least when it's kind of not they're not awoken, but yeah, when we first kind of see glimpses, 
you know, it's this underwater sequence. You've got two researchers that are under there. It is complete blackness. All you can see is the lights that are coming from their, their, their suits that they're in. And you're just waiting for, like, the jump scare almost. Like, you're waiting for something to really, like, shock you. I mean, again, some of the imagery in this, like, when you see, like, the cave formations or the, the cliff formations underwater, you know, they take up, like, the, the, the left and right of the screen, and you've got these two little dots of light just going down in between them two in the middle. Oh, my word. I was like, that is beautiful. And that whole sequence, like I said, the introduction, very, very horror-esque. I thought they did such an amazing job with it. You know, one might go missing, like, oh, where, the, where have they gone kind of thing? And it just goes from there, that classic, that classic thing of the people on, on shore or above, sorry, can see the signals going out and such, obviously, from the people. It just really, really thought Ryan Coogley did such a good job with this. And, again, more so with Ryan Coogley is that he wasn't afraid to, to let us have some laughs in this. You know, as I've said, I've been very, very notorious on this podcast for going in hard <laughs> on some of the MCU films that we've seen, in particular Thor, Love and Thunder, which I still to this day think is the worst of the worst. But, you know, like that went too extreme when it came to the, the humour, the aspects of that and made it almost a parody of what it was meant to be. This has some great laughs in there. In particular, to say from Dominique Thorne, who plays Riri, uh, was essentially Ironheart, the, the new Iron... Well, the next Iron Man, let's say, but yeah, Ironheart... The, the way that she was bouncing off, you know, Danny Gurria's Okoye and, and Shuri Latita White, you know, I thought it was such a great breath of fresh air, you know, like as in it just, you've got these moments that are really gut-wrenching, as I say, some really emotional and strong performances, but then you've got these like nice, just kind of, like I said, these light-hearted sequences that are not too much, you know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like it didn't take me out of the film in any way, shape or form, but I am really excited to see more of Riri in the future films. Like I really can't wait to see more of Ironheart. Obviously she's got a Disney Plus TV series coming out. I thought that like, I thought the suit looked all right. I mean, I the, the, that was one of my negatives of this film is I thought that some of the suits that characters get aren't amazingly looking. In particular, say, I thought the final product of if Ironheart looked, yeah, it was, it was, I liked what it did, but I just didn't, I thought it looked a bit too, like I said, I've seen people compare it to like a Power Ranger, I can see it, I can, but we'll see if that's the final product, we'll see what goes from there, but either, even still, all, all that aside, I thought that, that I'm very excited basically to see more of this character and see where they go, and, and how their story unfolds within the MCU, um, Latita Wright, obviously Shuri, now, honestly, like, to go from a supporting, a supporting character, a supporting castmate, to then be leading this film, she just did absolutely wonderful performance. Like I said, I, I've nothing but high praise for Letitia Wright. Um, I thought that she was absolutely wonderful um, to see what happens in the progression within the film because this is the other theme of the film that I really like, liked as well was that, yes, it's about grief, as I mentioned, it's very emotional, but it's also like science and faith, two of the most like complicated things in the in the world to ever come together, really. You know, if you're, if you're into your, your beliefs and your religion and such, there'll be counter arguments towards science and vice versa. But to have those kind of put together in this and have that question of, you know, Shuri, who is science is her thing. She doesn't necessarily believe all the way to the extent of, of her, of like a mother of the actual, you know, ancestors of this and that. So it brings into that question of is, is that the case? You know what I mean? Like so for someone to be such into science, would they be able to believe in the possibility, like I said, that her brother is now with the ancestors. Like to her, he's just gone. And to obviously Ramonda, Queen Ramonda, and everyone else obviously who believe in this, he is now with the ancestors. It's a great kind of balance and a great real inner turmoil for Shuri. Obviously, I've already said light spoilers. I'm going to have to say it. So if you doubt in the film, don't listen on. She does end up becoming Black Panther, you know, and it's something that we all kind of guessed, all expected from the trailers. Such, you know, it wasn't. It, like, I, I was absolutely up for this fully because I felt that it was 
it was surely was the only way for this for her story to come to a full you know con- conclusion to an end to a natural conclusion I should say on the top of obviously a, a fight fight sequence or whatever with Namor um, to see her transition into Black Panther to see all of that. I thought it was great. And she had such a similar journey as well of what T'Challa did. You know, like I think he said in Civil War, didn't he, to Zemo that he's done being consumed by vengeance. Exactly what Shuri does in, does in this film as well. You know, after obviously again what happens to her mother within this film at the hands of Namor, it's easy to see why she would end up going down that route, seeing Killmonger obviously within the ancestral. I've kind of glossed over a lot of things there, but you know what I mean? When she starts to become the Black Panther, since she's taken the heart flower, heart of flower, whatever it is. Um, terrible, that isn't it? I should have really done some research on that. It's definitely the flower in the shape of a heart, anyways. Um, yeah, so she ends up seeing... It's easy to see why that would be the person that she ends up seeing, because this is the thing. I know I'm jumping from character to character, but the villains that we've had in both Black Panthers have been very, very similar. You know, the ones of, like, attack is the best defence. In Killmonger, in the Maw... I want to talk more about obviously in a more in a second, but like I say, for Cecilia T to write, go on that journey through this film to where she ends up, it only made sense. Like I felt that she was really, really gripping. Like some of the, some of the, like I said, the, the emotional side of this, which that's where Angela Bassett comes in. I mean, Angela Bassett, like good lord, was she good in this? Like I have nothing. I mean, I've got nothing but nothing but praise for the teacher, right? But I have even more so for Angela Bassett. Like there is a monologue in this which is absolutely fantastic and just so powerful and emotional you've probably seen a clip of it in the trailer when she ex- exclaims has she not lost enough already or something along those lines and paraphrasing massively but there is just so much in her performance in every scene it doesn't have to be like necessarily you know saying words saying lines but she just steals every single scene that she is in and it's just just really really like gripping and as i say emotional to watch throughout and just seeing how everyone has to deal with this obviously on, on top of that as well you've got Nakia played like played by Lupita and Yongo again you know she was she was T'Challa's love interest obviously in the first one how has things changed since then there's a good story with that and I, I will when it comes to massive spoilers in respect to the post the mid-credit scene I will give you a shout so don't worry about that but yeah like I, I just thought that everyone everything was handled so well the script was so good uh, for for what they for like for what they were trying to do obviously to honor the legacy to honor Chadwick and to you know move into the move to the future of what what's going to happen now with this character with these characters but one of the things that I was incredibly impressed with more so with the script is that there is no Black Panther in this film until about two hours in or just under just before the two hour mark or something like that amazing to keep us engaged and to keep us like in, as I said within them on this journey without having that title character. I think again just shows you how strong the script is. Like it really does. They, they, there was so many, I say, so many moments. Like so, so there is action in there. Don't get me wrong. Like we just don't have a Black Panther. And there's a bridge fire sequence in this film. That's one of my favourites in the MCU. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I say between you know you've got Okoye, Shuri, and Riri on the bridge taking on people of Talakan, and it's it's incredible. Very well choreographed. I thought they say what they got and what they presented on screen for us was enough to be like well. Yeah, obviously we're not it's, we're not necessarily going to get a Black Panther straight away, but this is this is great. Like keep it coming. Like I am so for this, and then add a bonus really when the Black Panther comes into it. Because I mean, there's arguments online to say that this film's boring, that it's slow, that it's just really just the the pace is all wrong. But I don't see the issue with 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 that. Like you have to have the air quote slow burn films. You know what I mean? Like th- th- this is this is a story that needs to be told. Like it's got. You've got to digest it, or we've got to get from point A to to C without cutting B. You know what I mean? Like we have to go through 
all of that to get to this, to get to the end. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's two hours 40. I'm not saying, oh, they couldn't have removed some bits. Like, you could, on, on some level, you could maybe say that they could have saved all the, the Riri Ironheart stuff for, for another film, for, for whatever, but... I don't know. Like I, I didn't mind. I mean, I would I would say the film's about 15, 20 minutes a little bit overboard. Um, overboard sounds harsh. Just a little bit too long, basically. 15, 20 minutes too long. Um, if they'd maybe cut it down a little bit, I don't know. I'm not saying there is filler, but there's definitely something that they could have maybe shifted around. Then it would definitely, for me, be even higher score than what I'm going to give it. It's just that, yeah, like it just feels like it doesn't overstate its welcome. I'm, I'm with this. I'm with it all the way through because, as I say, you've got a great, you've got great action, some great emotion, and such. It's a great balance just maybe have cut it shorter. It's strange as well because, again, much like the first Black Panther, the third act of the film is... Fa- is not, right, overall, Wakanda Forever is better to me than the first one, purely on that emotional level. And just, like I said, the story is very, very well put together. Um, So, like, the third act in the first one, I wasn't, again, overly too impressed with. I thought they looked... It, the CGI was just off. I don't know what happened. Did they run out of money? I don't know. But, yeah, so I didn't... I wasn't too fussed about the final battle in the first one. The second one is grander, is bigger. It's got some great moments in there, don't get me wrong. But, again, I, I preferred, like, the bridge fight, you know what I mean? Or, like, or, or, name, or name or Namor's first attack at Wakanda. They were great. Like, absolutely wonderful. I just... I don't know. I, I wasn't too fussed. And maybe it's because... There's these suits that get involved. They're from the comics. I can't remember what they're actually called, but they're these blue suits that get involved. And I, I like, as I say, you know, Danny Danny Garaya's uh, Akora, uh, like Danny Garaya's Okoye. I, I thought they were ugly as well. I was like, that is terrible. Start again. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I didn't like the look of them. But yeah, the third the third act of the final battle isn't isn't the best. But there is enough in this film for me to be like, I can let them off with that. You know what I mean? Like I can I can let them off with that. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So like they're gonna listen to me anyways. But you know what I mean? Like I just felt that all in all, it was a uh, the, the emotional level of it and the action was was excellent. Which brings me nicely to obviously talking about uh, Namor because I don't want to forget. So Tenok Hueta. Uh, who plays Namor uh, is absolutely fantastic. Like I think he, I believe he was in Narcos. I never finished all of Narcos. I watched the first season, started the second one, then for whatever reason fell off. I don't know what happened. Um, but he is fantastic in this film. Like we all do the same thing when it comes to Marvel. I'm notorious for this. I like watch the film, and if the villain's not good, then I'm like, Peh, what was all that about? You had a good story. All you needed was a good villain. Whereas this, like, good. God, man, like even with the last one, Killmonger, incredible, like really good villain. Don't get me wrong, I say as much as the the final battle or whatever was a bit of a letdown for me in in, in the first Black Panther. He's, there was so many great layers to his character, obviously in Killmonger, and the same thing for Namor. And I like the fact that it is just a case of he just doesn't want his his people to be found to be to be discovered because again, like he's seen above, like we're seeing obviously with the Wakandans that everyone will want a piece of the action. Everyone will want a bit of the vibranium and, and go on from there. I nearly said unobtainium there. I was like, it's not Avatar, calm down. But yeah, everyone wants a piece of the vibranium, wants to you know, utilise it. And that's the thing. It's like the fear of what they could possibly do with it. Everyone you know, wants it and they could end up using it for, for, for bad, not good. And that's what, you know, Namor, Namor's seen what the world is like up there. You know, he's witnessed it all. What they did to obviously his, his mother's uh, his mother's home and this and that. Obviously, when she wanted to be buried on land, he's seen it all. He doesn't want anything to do with it. If anything, we should attack and take. Now that they now that they found us, we have to strike to stop them from taking what's ours. Absolutely fantastic. You know, what I mean, absolutely brilliant. Really great stuff. And he's and he's a very very like calculated and complicated person within the character. I should say within this film, I love the design. I love the fact he pretty much does look like his comic counterpart. Like, as I've said before, I'm not big up on everything with the comics. I know bits and bobs, not everything. Like for me, 
this is just another great character that they've made me want to look into more with the comics and such. Like, you know, the fact he's one of the first mutants that they dropped that bombshell in there as well. I was like, yes, we're getting closer and closer again, setting up for the mutants to finally come into the MCU. The fact he is one and say he's got these these wings and his feet and such, like I just love all of that. And like as I said before, with the action, with him in particular, there is such a threat over him. Like he doesn't much like Angela Bassett stealing scenes when she's, you know, not not being overly emotional or really going going at it in her acting and performance, just, you know, faces and, and, and stillness and this and that. Same goes for Tenok Huerta. Uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, but he absolutely nailed it. That sequence when he's on the beach with him and, and Angela Bassett, when he's saying, like I said, I, I, will, I will kill you, basically, if you tell anyone about me and my people. Like, really really excellent there's just an amazing performance in there and i'm and again just looking forward to more of this within the mcu like it's staggering that out of two black panther films we have got some of the best villains that have been in the mcu like and then other films just can't just just i don't know i don't know what people what the mcu tried to do lately but they're just they're not getting it right all the time whereas this obviously did it so so well and uh, yeah what an absolutely excellent villain there's so many like i said in particular that that sequence when he first attacks wakanda Really great, and I love as well what they can do with like these bombs of water, amazing effects. Like this is it as well. Like there was so many wonderful underwater sequences of what they utilized and how they used the water, and obviously Namor and his people, how everything flowed together. Like I was just like, this is really excellent, and this is why it's like a payoff when you're watching these air quote slow burner films is that the action usually you enjoy it so much more because you've like, yeah, there's a bit of talking here, a bit of talking there, but all within, you know, like say Black Panther does it really well, or the, the Wakanda Forever story does it really well um, with that, with that build-up, but once the action starts going, you're just like, this is just great. Like some of the, some of the things, some of the action set pieces in this, as I say, were really, really excellent. Other characters in this as well, uh, you've got Martin Freeman's back, obviously, as Everett Ross. Not too much in it, but he was enough for me to be like, yeah, it's nice to see you back. But I, I, Some people say, no, I wish we'd have seen more of it. I wish it would have come towards the end. I don't really see there was much need. I think that what they did with him was, was perfect. Obviously, there was the um, kind of like bombshell, we should say, of obviously who he's, who he's married to, obviously, within this, which I, I'm not really, I don't want to dwell too much on that, but obviously the, the whole thing about, you know, setting up Thunderbolts and such, that's, that's all there and that. So... Yeah, but what I do want to mention, obviously, is that Mbaku, Winston Duke, I just wish there was more of him. This guy, like, again, what an absolute great actor. Like, he was fantastic in the first one, fantastic in the the, the, the minor appearance he had in Infinity War or whatever, but I just wish there was more of him in this, because he is... I mean, he, he he could easily be King Cunty of Wakanda. And it looks like, obviously, with what they're alluding to towards the end, that he could be, I don't know. But, yeah, like, I thought that he just... He, every, again, another great comic relief at times, and Part obviously he he has a part to play in obviously the first attack from Namor uh, on on Wakanda which again like I say I've already mentioned enough it it looks great on screen but just really great stuff from Winston Duke once again like I loved like his interactions obviously with you know Letitia Wright in particular obviously when she's mourning and so and, and giving her like some kind of I don't know like life lessons and tips and such and I just just really liked the the, the balance that they had with with it. I just wish there was more of him I just wish there was more um so all of that as i say really is 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 such a great film if you've ever experienced loss and you've gone through you know these emotions that come through there because it goes through all of them you know you know anger you know then you've got the acceptance side of it you know this and that like they they really do go through the whole emotion through the different characters different side of things and one of the things sorry that i i liked as well finally before i do give the score and such is that there were times that they mentioned stuff from the first black panther which i was like oh god yeah (laughs) that happened you know what i mean like especially with okoye and such and and now she was you know following tradition was was willing to kind of lead an army for Killmonger and stuff. I was like, oh God, yeah, 
that all happened. But yeah, I thought they, they did that well so that if people went in not really have seen Black Panther, they could really follow this film. Um, but it wasn't like it was just spoon-fed to you. It was just, just like it within passing conversation. But yeah, I, I thought that was really, really good. It's, this, this script overall was just great. I said the performances were absolutely wild. I, I just want to get to obviously towards the mid credit scene and all that jazz. So before that, obviously, the, the score I'm going to give Black Panther will kind of forever is a very, very strong eight. Um, I would give it higher, but I, I just wish it was just a little bit shorter. Um, that, but if that's the only negative I've got for it, then you know what I mean. Like it's 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 grand. Like this is a really really strong film within the MCU. Um, very emotional, but it, it's got a great balance and the performances are just unbelievable. From from like all the key players, uh, I thought that like I said, there was uh, some really good stuff. I just guess that you could argue that by introducing like Iron Heart into this as well, there maybe been there's because there's so much going on within this. You've got to remember as well that. The, the, the bonus of, of kind of introducing like character like Namor is that there's that whole world building behind that as well. Like we get to see, you know, Telecan and how that all works and it's wonderful. It looks great again, visually on screen. It's very pleasing on the eye, but I love that sense of just starting with another villain, giving us a bit more background context, this, that, and the other. There's that going off. You've got obviously the side of Chadwick Boseman and, and T'Challa that's no longer with us. And now that's, how that's impacting you know, not only Wakanda, but, you know, the, the, the close family members and, and such around him. There's all that as well. Setting up for a new Black Panther, there is that. And there's people trying to get, you know, vibranium. There's that. So there's a lot, you know, like that's me just listening off the top of my head just a few things that are going off in this film. There is a lot juggling. You know, it does globetrot. It does, you know, go over there, there and everywhere. But it's just a very, very well put, well-rounded script for me. Like I just, like I say, I wish it was a little bit, just a smidge shorter. Um but fair play to everyone. Uh, Angela Bassett, fantastic. Letitia Wright, incredible. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more again about her, say, her performance with the mid-credit scene and such and all that, um, and how it ends, obviously, and, and and this and that. And yeah, so many, so many wonderful performances in there. Um, very, very good film. So I'm going to jump now to the mid-credit scene. So if you've not seen the film yet, I mean, I would have thought you probably turned off by now anyways, because I've been kind of, I said light spoilers, but I'm like, no, no, no. So yeah, like, the ending of this film I thought was really touching, really moving and the perfect way to end this. And the score within the film itself is really good. Like it's a very good score. Like when it needs to be wondrous and wonderful and oh my word, like this is a whole new world that we're seeing. It's there. It's great. It's wonderful. It's impactful. When it needs to be horror-esque and tension, again, packs a punch with that. Like I've already said, some of the underwater sequences is remarkable. But what this film does super well, that I was absolutely, obviously and uh, quite emotional as it was, but what even made it more emotional was when it cut that sound out. A lot of the time it did do, it, it did that as well during the times when it didn't have to necessarily be emotional, like, for example, the fight sequence between Okoye and uh, some of the uh, some of the people, obviously some of Noir's people from from Telecan on the bridge. It did it then, um, and it was just kind of like all you could hear was the like, like obviously the, the shuffling of feet fighting and the spears hitting each other, this and that. It did it then, but it just did it so well throughout when you got the natural sounds, especially through those m- moments of, you know, kind of characters reflecting or, you know, thinking or, or discussing T'Challa and such. Um, but what they did at the end, I thought was wonderful, because obviously with the, the tradition there is that they burn the gowns that they wore for the for the funeral, so for T'Challa's funeral. Angela Bassett does this earlier in the film. She burns hers, and, and Shuri is not ready for that yet. She doesn't want to do that. Again, kind of as well, because like I said, she's a person of science. She's not really fully into that belief. But by the end of the film, obviously, after what happens to Angela Bassett, which now I've already said spoilers, I can say that obviously the, the, one of the surprise twists in this is that Angela Bassett's Ramonda, Queen Ramonda, doesn't make it to the end of this film. 
which again was another like gut punch in this. Like for me, I was like, we're already you know experiencing that loss of the Charla and Chadwick Boseman. Now Angela Bassett's character's gone. Like how much of 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 you know the ringer should we say are they going to put these characters through? Especially Shuri losing a brother and a mother in this film. This is what I was saying earlier about the kind of the arc that she goes on. Like it's only right and only set that she would become the next Black Panther and have those kind of you know vengeful feelings. Um, you know, towards Namor on the back of what happens within this film. You know, it's that kind of balance again of that juggle that Ryan Coogler and there is another writer of this film, which I'm not really mentioned, Joe Robert Cole, sorry. Um, they both have managed to just get that blend so right of, you know, is this the emotion we're feeling for these characters, in particular T'Challa, or is this for Chadwick? And the, both is right, do you know what I mean? Like, you're not, no one can dispute that there's the line blurs, you know what I mean? So, like, to have the ending to see her at the beach, obviously after going back to Nakia, um, to see her at the beach to burn those to burn those clothes and to have her sat there with the wind blowing and it's cutting from just a lovely close-up with the sunset in the background. You know, I think she, she probably has got tears coming down her face as well. But to see that montage, that fine montage, again, no sound, just of Chadwick playing this character that he loved, playing a character that meant so much to so many, cutting back to show his face as she's kind of accepted her brother is now with the ancestors, is now obviously gone, but never forgotten. It was just a real, simple, simply put, tear-jerking moment. There was, surely can't have been a dry dry eye in the house when this sequence happens. Um, and I was doing so well. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, didn't cry, for the, like I said, for a lot of the film. I was like, I've not cried yet. And then the post-credit scene happened, the mid-credit scene. And I was like, yeah, you've got me now. Because it was, again, such a beautiful moment. I'm sorry if I'm getting a bit too serious about this, but I guess this is what this film is there to do, is to kind of have these discussions, have these thoughts. But like I said, just to see Nakia introduce Shuri to T'Challa and her son, Nakia's son, um, just absolutely beautiful. And when he says that line, uh, when, when she asks what his name, when he says what his name is, he says, I'm Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. <laughs> just, I... Uh, Marvel man, what are you doing to me? Like, what are you doing to me? Like, seriously, it was such a such a again lovely but but soul crushing moment. And I thought that she, again, Letitia Wright's performance in the sequence again with Nakia, you know, Nakia and, and T'Challa had made that plan for for Nakia to go off and to 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 you know keep his son away from the 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 Wakanda world. Obviously, doesn't want him to kind of be surrounded by technology and that wants to love the 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 the, the outside world should we say much like obviously Namor's mum wanted as well to an extent there's that kind of balance there as well um bit of a jump maybe but still that's that's to me that's what's going to stop Namor from being a full-on bad guy um you can see his counterpoint you can see where he's coming from but I feel that he's he's the character of the mother figure for Namor obviously who's no, who's no longer in no longer with him will be the reason why he'll start to kind of maybe just become like a bit of an anti-hero like kind of warm to the dry lands should we say so yeah sorry massive digress there just jumped straight over there but yeah sorry so they made that plan obviously for, for Nakia and, and T'Challa they were going to go away and, and she'd raise the sun that way it was just really it's just nice to know that all these people that wanted these stories to be told of T'Challa and such they're going to get that they're just going to have to wait a little bit longer obviously they're going to wait until the right age is obviously for this character for the for, for young T'Challa to grow up a little bit to then take on the Mantle of Black Panther eventually. It's all happening. So a lot of people that were asking for it to be recast, they've essentially done that now. And it's just great. It was just, a, like I said, all, all in all, 
I've waffled long enough about this film. I didn't realise how long I'd actually gone on for this. Uh, but it needs most. It's a two hour 40 film, I guess. Um, all in all, though, this was a fantastic release for Marvel. Um, one of the best, you know, in this phase. I think Spider-Man, No Way Home and this easily are my favourites. Um, I, I just can't praise Ryan Coogler enough. And I say, and, and, and other screenplay writer, Joe Robert Cole, um, they've just, they, for, for, for what's happened... You know, on top of the loss, obviously we had COVID as well, so they've had so many kind of setbacks after setback after setback. Um, the themes and stuff within this film really go really well together. Um, you know, like I've already said, story of grief, science and faith. There's a lot in there. There's so much to unpack, and I feel that it's um, they, it seemed like an impossible task that they've absolutely done. Um, done everyone proud. So in particular, you know, they've honoured Chadwick Boseman, which I think is the, the, the main goal for this. Um, and they can definitely just, you know, enjoy the the fact that a lot of people are really enjoying this film um it's just great say so if you've not seen it yet i've spoiled it for you so don't <laughs> spoil it watching it but if you have then you know what i'm saying and i hope you appreciate this kind of extended mini extended podcast about it because just a lot to say about it so many great performances great story and yeah i've said the word emotional I mean, you could turn that into a drinking game with this go back and listen to me time and say the word emotional <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate it don't forget to do as i said at the start jump onto all the socials search joe blogs about films give us a like and a follow do get in touch as well if you want to hear anything in particular like i say film wise reviews whatever do let me know that'd be awesome uh but yes thank you again for listening until the next episode take care